rolling we're good all right so we just had a little audible and uh this is a a good life lesson you know things happen you try to set things up a certain way and you try to make sure you do the best possible job that you can and making sure that things go according to plan and sometimes they just don't we were gonna have mike o'hearn here today uh to talk to him about his mike o'hearnness over the years and uh we were gonna talk to mona on the podcast and then we we're gonna do some movie stuff with them but Mike was coming back from Texas, and it just turns out he wasn't able to make it here, and so we audible, and now hanging out with my bro and power lifting, we call it bombing out. <laughs> we got uh, he bombed out on us. Yeah, well, regardless of what he did, or regardless of our feelings towards it, um, it's just the way it is, and you just move on. You know, it's important not to get stuck on any one thing. He's been a friend for a long time. Yeah, you just figure out what. Who really next. fucking cares? Tomorrow I'll talk to him. Just say, hey, I'm disappointed you didn't let me know a little earlier. So could have made other arrangements with our day. But who really cares? Yeah, that's about it. Anyway, you're making some gains over there with a Z. Capital gains. gains. I don't I don't like labeling things with the Z. I you're doing a great job. Yeah. I, I know that uh, Jen Wiederstrom's against the Z. I remember we walked by Phil's one time and she was like, I'm, I'll never go in that place. It has a Z. And anything but Jen Wiederstrom is against, I'm against. But then you're missing out because Phil's is amazing. No, Phil's is amazing. So you have to uh, you have to let the Z in every once in a while. But like one eight hundred cars for kids and stuff like that. You're like, come on, carbs for kids, cars for kids. One eight hundred. I think that's with a Z. We got some cold, we got some cold like brew that. coffees over here. Uh, trophy that. kids. They wanted Damn. to put a Z on the end, and we said no. And uh, so get that way. shit out of here. Yeah, get that shit out of here. Trophy kids with a backward Z on the end. Like that makes it. A so kid. you made a lot of progress. You lost a lot of weight. You get in better shape. You and I are on a nutritional journey together, a fitness journey together. We are working on a movie where we're trying to find some more answers. But like, what has been your answer towards being able to make progress recently? Because for a little while, um, you were stuck. And the cops are here as soon as you ask yeah. me. There may be a lot of noises on this podcast. We have a house full of about 75 kids. So. Oh, I thought, like, as soon as you asked me what the secret was, there steroid rate <laughs> coming in. Um, now, the, the for me, I didn't ask about any secrets because I know that there are none. So we, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, the, bi- the real, biohack, the real change has been um, really focusing and, and buckling down on the carnivore diet. Um, for me, the carnivore diet seemed to be where I found success, and the more I go towards um, just red meat and water, the better I do. Uh, for me. And so um, I buckled down and went more towards that. And I also um, kicked up. So I work out twice a day, every day, almost. Uh, I do cardio once a day and I do uh, weights usually once a day. And I just switch up the body parts. And so I know that sounds like a lot for a lot of people, but um, I just really love having a relationship with the gym again. You know, I had for a long time, I had a relationship with food and that was something I'd visit six times a day. Now I'd rather gym visit the the gym six times a day and the food once. So I eat like once a day mm-hmm. usually, maybe twice, but usually the maybe biggest- a, Maybe a small snack in here or something like the, that. The biggest key for me was like going down to eating, it, I would say once a day and a snack is how I normally eat. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's twice a day and then like a little snack. And by a little snack- I just mean like uh, usually under 400 calories of, of something. Well, you and I get people sending us stuff all the time, you know, protein bars and uh, pecan butters and it cracked open a cold brew right here, a caveman. <laughs> I did a right shout out to our boy. Yeah, Tate Fletcher. Tate Fletcher. It's amazing. Still this coffee is so good. Coffee. 
Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're homies though. I think they're brothers. They're brothers. That sounds racist to say that they're brothers. Yeah, you know what I mean. But anyway, um, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, we're getting sent, you know, these different uh, these different cool like keto things. Yeah. And so sometimes like, sometimes that plays into it a tiny this bit. This is amazing. A guy sent me a killer way. He sent me keto ice cream, and it was really good. You know, so he's like, "Hey, I want you to try my keto ice cream." He sent eight things of keto ice cream. Oh, your and stomach. They were gone in two days. That's great. And and that's just part of my diet. And so I consumed all that, tested it out for everybody out there on Instagram that wants to know. And I'm like, hey, this stuff is pretty good. If you want to try it, try it once in a while. Now, see, I haven't had it since. It's not that it's not good that I haven't had it. It doesn't really actually fit mm. into my diet. So I didn't I didn't buy it again, but I um but I did try it and I showed everybody like, hey, uh, I think this is legit. It didn't make me fat. It was it only maybe a few weight. only maybe a few weeks ago where you and I were talking on the phone and we we're talking about some fasting and we we're talking about like intermittent fasting. You were saying you have a hard time doing it. So the intermittent fasting, the longer intermittent fasting is like a newer thing for you, right? It's definitely a new thing. And I think that um, everything goes in waves and cycles, including the carnivore diet, the ketogenic diet, everything in our lives goes in waves and cycles. So my steroid I, abuse. Yeah. When I keep saying uh, waves and cycles, carnivore, waves diet, and cycles. carnivore diet, and I keep saying that over and over, it just means for right now. It really just means for right now, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm heralding, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Like in 10 years, I might be in a different spot where I might need to use a different kind of diet to get out of the spot that I'm in then. Right. And so um, while I know that this is effective for uh, weight loss and, and for, you know, for my health uh, right now, I, I don't know that it'll be that forever. I think it's hard to speak in absolutes. And I think that's something you and I talk about all the time and something that um, really – but we don't talk about it all the time because that sounds too absolute. We yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it often. <laughs> we talk about it often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is hard to not talk in absolutes. You yeah. say, oh, never do this and never do that. All the time. Like, hey, never eat bread. You should never eat bread. And like, well, yeah. you're actually starving, and maybe you should eat bread. You know, so that I think Well, that, and then um, what, if, what if information is out there that shows that bread's really good? There might be information that you know? says, like, hey, this guy ate a, ate a loaf of bread a day and he got jacked. And like, There's uh, all of a sudden you go, whoa. Some people that really believe that sour, sourdough bread is good for you. You know, like there's like Ben Greenfield. He has sourdough bread, I think, every day. Some sort of special, weird version of his own sourdough bread. But Yeah, and he does a lot of weird, like crazy, interesting things. And I think that, in a way, that's the way you find out things, you know. The only problem with biohacking is, like, the things that you disregard. So a lot of times... uh these biohacker guys, they keep showing you things like, hey, try this and try this and try this. And what I've found is like um, as somebody out there experiment, experimenting for myself, and this isn't specific towards Ben at all. This is just in general. Um, if you like come up with something, it's like wait a while before you tell people about it because a lot of times you get too excited about something yeah. and then it like actually doesn't work or maybe it was only working for Everybody a while. Everybody should also always understand that there's – whenever you're going towards one thing – you're going towards that one thing and you're leaving other things going behind away from something else. Some, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. So even with fasting, there's a lot of pros that could happen with fasting, but there's also a lot of cons that can happen with fasting. Um, I used a keto diet. I did car the carnivore diet. Um, I did a, a mix of things and my muscles didn't feel like they didn't feel like they were kind of like, it's hard to put in words, but they didn't feel like they were like with me for my workouts. They didn't feel like they were underneath me for my workouts as opposed to having carbohydrates in the mix. And so some people that 
continually do keto diets may not understand mixing in some carbs can make them feel better. And I think what gets undersold a lot is how valuable the actual training is. We forget about how important the actual training session is and how important it is to be able to train hard. There's times where you go in the gym and because you didn't eat that much that day or the day before, maybe you did a lot of fasting, maybe you're trying a 24-hour fast or whatever. If you can't put into the gym what you need to put into the gym, then that's that's a huge negative too, unless it's just going to be for a short period of time. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. They they it's worth it's worthless to go to the gym and not get stuff done. You know, you want to go in there and you want to attack it. You don't want to go in when you can't when you can't do anything. Um the other day I was going to go back and do another session of cardio. And then I just realized like I'm way too tired. That this is going to do nothing. What would be better is if I get to bed a little bit earlier and put a little bit more into my cardio in the morning. So some of the things I've been doing that a little bit that are a little bit different are um I used to just get up and go on a treadmill for an hour just to like warm up my body and get moving. But now I go into the gym at five o'clock in the morning at Gold's Venice and you're already there and you're on with the, a boner. Yeah, you're on the step mill. And I'm like, son of a bitch, if he's going to be on the step mill, I got to get on the step mill. So a lot of it is like motivated that by devastating. A lot of it's motivated by just what you're doing. So if like if you ever want to get me to do something, all you got to do is just do it. And then I'll end up doing it. It's like stupid like that, you know? Like if you're doing a bodybuilding show, mm -hmm. that would be the only way to get me to do a bodybuilding show. It's like I right. see you do it. I might say, you know what? Let me try that out, you know? And we were just- uh, I'm not yet. Though, we were just, just so run, We were just cruising on the beach. We were running on the beach. When's the last time you ran? I haven't run in, um, like literally run. I haven't run in, I tried to do it the other day, but besides that, I'd say it's been at least 20 years. I'd say that, you know, I I figured the sand would be a good opportunity to introduce you to it. I think for somebody that hasn't run before, somebody that's listening to this podcast and they and they want, like a lot of times you want to do stuff, but you're kind of scared to even try it. Like I've been wanting to do yoga for a long time and I just haven't done it. I probably just need someone to like to be like, hey, you got to go with me or whatever. I probably just need some sort of some sort of yeah, in you need joe rogan who's like a, yeah. a maniac about it we keep right. trying to talk joe rogan in a lifting but all he needs to do is invite us to a yoga class and we'll back out just as easy as he backs out of our yeah, we, well we'll put on a pair of lululemon pants and we'll we'll work it out right but uh anyway i you know as i was saying like i you know getting you to getting you, getting people to run running can be intimidating it can be hard anyone who's big it's going to be have too much impact on you but if you run a hill the impact's a lot less. You move a lot slower. The intensity is greater, but the rate at which you move is a lot less. So running on a hill is is fucking great. And also running in sand can be really beneficial. It can be great rather than just running on regular concrete, like People a trail run start, or something. Start thinking about who they really are when they say the words I can't. That's a big problem. That's yeah. a, that was a huge problem that I had for so long. I would just say, I can't. And as soon as you say I can't. You just say, like, what are you, a loser? That's how, that's what you feel about yourself, that you can't do anything. Like, so you gotta, you gotta take a step back from I can't and start thinking about what you can do. And um, maybe you can't do something. There are some things people can't do. Um, but when you can't do something, what's the alternative? And that's what I really got from you. And that's what I got from our guest today who's not here. <laughs> uh, don't, but just don't say that you can't, because if you say that you can't, you're already setting yourself up from the very beginning from for failure when i said i can't squat you said but you can safety bar squat 
well, yeah, probably. I don't know. Right. I don't know if I can because I never tried it. Well, you like try it. So now I'm safety bar squatting mm-hmm. with 405. Well, it's yeah, you were saying that. Well, you're saying that you can't squat because your shoulder. And I was like, well, there's other options. You know, it doesn't sure. have to be a regular squat bar. It's still that question that you asked me when you said, yeah, um, are you going? Bench. Are you going next on the incline bench? Yeah, are you in? And I said I can't. And then you said that's you said, not what I can't I asked. do. I can't do that weight. I can't do that weight. He said that's not what I asked you. Yep. And, and I just we, stopped it right there and just said that's it. That's. And then we got you moving. Those are moments, though, that I think people need to have more of. You need to have more life-changing moments where you somebody says something to you and you stop and you say, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, that's challenging my manhood. That's challenging my pride when I say, you know, like, I can't do something. And, and I just, like, I put, I'm basically putting myself in a category of worthlessness when I say I can't. And we got to stop looking at things that way, you know? I mean, with the exception of it, like, just 100% not being in your best interest to try something because it could be like not safe for you for the moment because you might not be able to do it like a 40 inch box jump or something out of nowhere, right? Like it might not be smart to try it. Um, But I think a really important thing that I've learned is just to let go of who you were. Who care? Who cares? Because who you are is, is a made up thing anyway. It's, it's made up by your own interpretation of how people think, how you think that people think that you are. So it's a totally made up thing that you made up in your head. Oh, people think I'm just big and dumb. Like, no, they, they actually don't. They don't. And you want to know why? Because they don't care. Yeah. People don't care. People care about themselves. They care about their families. They care about their kids. They care about their wife. They care about their job. They ain't got time to think about your bullshit. Everybody just thinks I'm all I can ever do is be a, a, a documentary filmmaker. The word like, e- no, no one ever, no one does, no one thinks that. No word, one even cares. The word everybody, all it is, <laughs> is just a culmination of of um, all these ideas that you have in your own head, right? And you just call it everybody or them or they. <laughs> they don't want you to know about this, bro. They don't want you to know. And it's like there isn't a big people conspiring no one against cares. anything. Like even with kratom, they're like, oh, they don't want you to know about it. It's like. That's not really it. It's like people are just unaware, right? Really, we haven't educated the world enough on it. That's really the scoop. There isn't any meeting uh, behind the scenes. It of, took them five seconds. They're like, we don't know much about it. Okay, it's There's banned. no meeting on Mark <laughs> Bell where everybody's sitting around going, yeah. Mark Bell is big and fat and stupid. Like, what, a, <laughs> what an idiot. And then they're all agreeing, right? Yeah, he is, right? And then, you know, yeah. there is no. So when you're, you're right, when they say everybody thinks I'm just this or they said I couldn't do it is my favorite. When people You hear every time a team wins the NBA championship, here's or the all NFL, people have said we'd never win a it. Super Bowl. And it's like, yeah, we banded together and no one thought we could do it. Well, why did who are these people that didn't think you can do it? You're part of this professional league. Look, the Cleveland Browns <laughs> have fans right now yeah. that are like, bro, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're this going, year. they're gonna do so, it. so the even the people on the well, Cleveland not, Browns. That's a bad example. No, no, no. There are fa- you'll find some dude in Cleveland no, who's I drunk off his ass right now, who was like screaming at somebody, going, "They're going to win the Super Bowl this year." Remember when they had Jim Brown? They were great. So it can't be everybody. <laughs> it can't be everybody, right? There's got to be like one or two people that that's yeah. you can. So I, I just think um, negativity is not an option, and that's something that we actually learned from O'Hearn, even though he's not here. Yeah. But we learned that you know negativity is not something that should ever enter our. Uh, our zone bloodstream when you were running what was actually hurting because you said that it hurt to run uh just my hips in the hip capsule but it was also feel? is there a way to describe that mm. or is it just not make any sense to your average uh, your person knee ever doesn't have fake like hip. your knee when you land you land on your knee and it feels like there's no um there's no shock absorber there yeah and the shock you go you know. to go up the stairs and there's like it feels like someone's jamming a fork 
yeah, into just, your knee. It just hurts a little bit. So on every when step, I'm, when I'm jogging, each step hurts. But here's what we did to the hip capsule in the past two days. We squatted. You know, I did three fifteen for uh, three sets of ten hmm. on a box squat. You know, and that's yep. pretty heavy. And then we did we deadlifted five hundred pounds yesterday. Yeah, trap bar deadlift. But well, then we you did regular squats, and you didn't think you could really do those. Oh, yeah, either. we did regular squats after we trap bar deadlifted because you made me. And then we did um, what do you call it? Leg extension. So yeah, if my knees and my hips kind of feel beat up today, yep. um, then it's because of that. But you know, one of the things that's been amazing for for all around has been the kratom, the CBD oil. And the carnivore diet and those things. And also um, Mariva curcumin, it's called. Mm -hmm. the, we People take curcumin all the time, and a lot of it doesn't actually ever get absorbed. But there's a kind called Mariva curcumin, and that along with um, CBD and Kratom, I found it to be just an excellent way. Any idea what curcumin does? Lower Lowers inflammation hmm. uh, really, really well across the board. They're starting like, to say now, um, we can start to bring Daniel Rego in on this. Oh, yeah, things, get in here, Daniel. Things, things will get a little technical. Yeah, hop yeah, in on the buddy seat. Daniel's here, and Daniel yeah. used to work he's for- He's going um, Seinfeld on us with the white shoes. Look yeah, at that. He used to work for Quest Nutrition, and he's super smart. He's been on the podcast before. Yeah. Daniel. All right, my man. Oh, this guy's Give me a big hug. in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, Hey, I'm just going to leave too right now. So I got to go. Yeah, way to do your job, Andrew. <laughs> hey, it, at least. Hey, if way gonna, to put your family first over top of a, listen, uh, this job. At least if you're going to leave, can you at least send me those pictures of my calves? Yeah. yeah okay. Please. Your cows. Absolutely. They turned into like, cows. Like, no, no, like now. I need them now. Now, when you get to the airport. It's so important that he posts them on social media. You know, hey, you know, because of social media, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Andrew, you're, you're awesome. It was great to see you down here. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. I'll see you, brother. Yeah, thanks for working out with us, too. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hashtag me. Now, wait. That is confusing. Me three. Can we start off with that real quick? Well, that, that stems from, uh, what was our cardio session this morning? Yeah. Where we were um, commiserating <laughs> about the... Uh, uh, some of the the challenges um, with uh, with the with the Me Too movement. Right. It's, it's very controversial. Uh, and we said, hey, you know, the idea is that it should be even more inclusive than it is now. Hashtag Me Three. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add yourself in. Yeah, we're we're adding ourselves in. Well, yesterday, uh, to yeah, be we had a, the a really <laughs> we had a yeah. really good conversation with Victoria. We were over at yes. Bulletproof. What's her last name? Uh, Field. Victoria Field. We had a good conversation with, with Victoria Field, and uh, she. Is a researcher for the Keto Pet Project, right? Yep. Epigenics, right? Is that Epigenics, yep. and uh, she also helped Quest Nutrition start a um, a uh, keto meal prep company. They did a while back. They had to dissolve that, but anyway, she's a she's a strong woman, you know. And it's clear that she's fit. She works out, and uh, she well, was kind of. She's also an IFBB pro. That's what a lot of people yeah. don't. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, and she a had badass. a. She yeah. had a uh, a very very uh, successful short, yeah. but in that period of time, successful. Uh, and she was talking a little bit about the Me Too movement and some of that stuff, and she was like, "Yeah, just be strong, just you know, lead, just just do, you know, you don't yeah. have to be so wordy, we're so wordy yeah. with it." She was well, kind of she's an awesome example of yeah. somebody who's leading a bunch of women out of things like yeah. cancer, you know, right. and she's helping a lot of people. Um, yeah. you know, to well, in health and fitness, and there's stuff. not enough of a strong voice from women, I feel like. And it's great that somebody like her, I, I'm excited that you guys are going to interview her for the movie. Uh, we'll, we'll get her in there as well because we do need 
There's some, other people yeah. like we women to, uh, voices. Jen, Jen Wiedersham yeah. yesterday, and she's awesome. Another person that's always positive every time you see her, always encouraging girls to get out there and do it and and go train. And we definitely like need more. It's got to be easy to be positive when you're hot, right? <laughs> right. I mean, there are advantages. She has problems too. <laughs> she has yeah, problems that's too. That's true. It's like we all do. Yeah. But yeah, she she was. Um, She's she's always been super excited about fitness, and she's always brought a lot of uh, enthusiasm to it. You know, she's always like really fired up and excited, and part of that is part of the way that she got on. You know, Biggest Loser, being a, she being had a the, coach. She had the quote of the year yesterday, and it perplexed Daniel so much. She said, "Come on, let's take a picture because you know social media." Mm-hmm. And Daniel yeah, was that like, was a, that was "What a does great that even moment. mean?" Yeah, that was a great moment because it seemed, <laughs> because, it seemed know, sort, of, sort, of, yeah, sort of self-evident that by all means we should have this photo. It Why? Just, well, because social media. Yeah, was, <laughs> That's the new hashtag, right? Like, because you know, so, hashtag because social media. It's it's rare for anybody to be that upfront about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Because you know social media. You know, well, the like, transparency well, was so charming. Yeah. You know, it was like cute, uh, yeah. almost like, uh, "Hey, let's let's make sure that we video this so I can become famous." Right, <laughs> because that is sort of what you're doing. You you want to show what you did for that day. Like here's, <laughs> here's these exercises, and not only did I do these exercises, but Michael Hearn's in the photo with me. Like this should really help me be famous. <laughs> well, it's like people like get a picture. People you know, say I don't, I don't want to be famous or anything, but they have a camera crew following them around. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's not my goal. Is not to be famous, but that's I have a camera crew following. Thing. Yeah, there I, I always use that excuse. I'm like, I never wanted to be famous or anything, but I made a movie. I put myself in it. <laughs> That's the cheapest. Anyway, we were talking about inflammation. Curcumin. And there's, uh, there's even more evidence now uh, mounting as we speak, as we do this podcast. There's uh, more and more information coming out that um, the more you can, I guess, fend off or yield inflammation it can even help with weight loss is that right yeah i mean that's not that's not an unfair statement in fact what's so interesting about inflammation is um is how the the what i would call the the cycle or interval of inflammation is managed and what i mean by that is that it's not a one-way street so for example like today this morning all of us caused quite a bit of inflammation in our own bodies as a result of doing heavy heavy very rigorous resistance training well, uh, uh, provided that we attend to that with appropriate foods, supplementation, very importantly, rest, that interval of inflammation can be managed in a way that's very, very advantageous. Why? Because we're inducing adaptive mm. response. It's when inflammation is left unchecked that, okay, then you can run into problems, you can you know, impute uh, disease processes or, or just challenge overall health by that. So you could be training really hard, but you could really be shooting yourself in the foot because if you're not recovering from these workouts, exactly. and recovery is a weird thing to talk about because some people might say like, oh, I, I feel okay, but are you drinking? Are you not sleeping? Um, are right. you just kind of behind in general? Like if you're behind already, you're 25 or 30% body fat, uh, you're going to have to figure out a way to make some changes to get momentum to even start heading in the right direction. And there's some interesting nuances to the whole thing. So for example, like a lot of people are aware that the use of uh, omega-3 fatty acids can, you know, help to manage uh, inflammatory response. But here's where things get a little bit curious. So, and they've they've looked at this in in rats. So if you have two cohorts of rats, right, that are both uh, receiving training on a wheel. Cohorts, I like that. Or groups, I should say. Two groups of rats, right? So you have a group These of rats. rats are friends. 
that receive omega-3s and you have a group right. of rats that do not. Well, the group of rats that receive omega-3s do recover faster, but over a long enough time horizon, they are not as strong as the group of rats that do not. Mm. Which tells you something important about managing inflammation is if you do it too much, you may actually be reducing or tamping down adaptive response. Mm. So it's not... It's not a one-way street. It's not almost all a little one bit, thing or all the other. Almost right? a little bit like that ice pack theory. You know, if you yes, use the ice yeah. pack after every training session for your knees, uh, maybe it's not the greatest thing. But if your knees are actually swollen and you, you fell and you, you hit a curb or something right. and your knee's all jacked up, by all means, chuck some ice in there. But if you're doing it all the time, maybe it's uh, starting to have a negative effect. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's probably true. The same thing, you know, about supplementation is probably true. Is the same thing is true about uh, about any given nutritional program, which is you may not do it in perpetuity. You may do it for a period of time for a certain effect, and then that may evolve into something else as your goals and aspirations mm. change. Is there proof that uh, in that um, uh, is there proof that a ketogenic diet is better for inflammation than, like, let's say, if it fits your macros or, or diet that is, uh, I guess, following um, a, a caloric uh, maintenance or restriction? Well, this this goes back a little bit to what we talked about with uh, Peter Atia the other day, right? Where he was talking about the two groups of rhesus monkeys, the one mm -hmm. in Wisconsin and the other in the yeah, East Coast. Yeah, we got Coast. excited about peanut butter Yeah, cups. right, <laughs> because of the rhesus monkeys. And it showed that in, in contextual to one group, they didn't do as well with caloric restriction. Mm. But it also depended on what the baseline food substrate was. So if the baseline food substrate, substrate was terrible, then caloric restriction really helped. But if it was pretty good food, then it, it, didn't, it didn't really give them that much of an advantage. And I, and I think the same thing wow, is true here, which is ketogenic diet can be very powerful in controlling inflammation. But in comparison to if it fits your macros, well, it depends on what are the macros. But right? you could also so the do, macros could be a ketogenic diet. They could be high protein. They could be higher mm -hmm. carb. It yeah. depends on what well, the for example, spectrum is of, of macros. You could have a very inflammatory ketogenic diet. You could you could be eating like something like canola oil or something that's like inflammatory yeah, on a ketogenic so, diet. So you still have to avoid um, dairy can be very uh, inflammation causing to certain people and cause leaky gut in some people and yeah, certain kinds of dairy yeah, or milk did, or whatever. We used to do kind of a haphazard keto. We would yeah. go to like Denny's yeah, and chicken, load up. Chicken wings is bullshit keto. And yeah, we used to do stuff like wings that. And, and we used to tell that. people like, don't worry, there's no carbs in it. And like I would, I was guilty of that. Dude, there's actually, ranch. what you're talking about, there's scientific precedents for it. Uh, well, they did one, studies. Yeah, and one of the guys that really brought this to my attention was uh, Dr. Laszlo Boros, who's a uh, yeah, pediatric oncologist yeah. at, at Boros, UCLA. I remember you brought him. Yeah, and he, he was one of the first guys to start to unpack some of these studies that, ah, you know, ketogenic diet doesn't work. And what he would do is he would go back and look at the methodology for what they were feeding the rats. And what he showed was that, yeah, it was a high fat diet, low carb, low protein, but they were feeding trans fats and trans fats are not ketogenic. So the choices that you make actually do, do yeah. become very, very important. Even if they are ketogenic yeah. though, like even if it was canola oil, that can still cause inflammation in the yeah. body, right? So like, let's make sure that when we're talking about, a, you know, a ketogenic diet, it needs to be a ketogenic diet with all the things that we've, we discuss it enough for people to know, but like no vegetable or seed oils, no yeah. sugar, you know, those things are definitely going to be inflammatory, even if you're on a ketogenic diet. So it'll lower inflammation if you stay away from all the right 
inflammatory and, foods. And the great news is with, with what you guys are talking about here is these are knowable phenomena. So you can measure, you can go, you know, to, to any doctor, your doctor here locally, people can go to Dr. Rand, whoever they want to go to, and they can measure interleukin-6, they can measure homocysteine, they can measure high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, they can measure galactin-3, and they can know what these inflammatory markers are telling them. So it's not as if you, you have to be out of the loop in terms of what your response is to any given nutritional and supplementation protocol. You can just go measure your own blood and find out. Mm. And that's the beauty of these things is you, you can sort of produce that feedback loop and say, hey, I'm looking at my blood numbers. Inflammation, at least according to these uh, panels, uh, is low or medium or high, and you can make adjustments accordingly. Any ideas uh, as to uh, any theories on why a uh, carnivore-style diet works. When we asked Peter Itia about it, he was like, I'm not sure how it works. It's amazing. It's a couple other people that that kind of... Some of the top people in the world are like, kind of like, I don't really get it. Even Thomas DeLau, right? Yeah. He kind of said the same thing. Kind of like, I don't really get it. So a a good, maybe a good point of departure for thinking about this is, and and this was something that I have to give uh, our colleague Ron Penna credit for because he always presents this as sort of a thought thought experiment. He says, look, if you were locked on a ship at sea for a year, right, or for perhaps for two years, and you could only select one food with which to survive for that extended Mm -hmm. period of time, what would you select and, you know, would you make it, right? And the answer, sort of fast forward to the punchline, the only food that you could select that that would allow you to survive is meat, right? Some some sort of beef. Um, You might be able to scrape through with eggs, possibly, possibly. But any other food choice, you wouldn't make it because you would run into micronutrient deficiency and you'd you'd run into challenge. Now, is that a perfect thought experiment? No. But what it does... I think it it is. (laughs) Right. But what it does is it gives you occasion to really put in stark relief what is the most important input nutritionally that we have in a survival situation, right? And it's a little bit counterintuitive. It's probably not, you would probably, most people wouldn't select meat as, as the first go-to. Ketogenic diet is a survival mode Yeah, diet, to a degree, right? it's a, a survival mode diet. And what it really teaches you is that when it comes to conferring health benefit, it's, a lot of times it's what you don't do, right? So if you're we not eating high that, carbohydrates, right? Just by not incurring that insult, Boy, oh boy, you buy back so much health benefit. So there's nothing magical about eating meat per se. It's more so what, when you do that diet, what are you not doing? You avoid right? chips ahoy. I'm not, you, I'm you not eating what he, the, 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 the Twizzlers and the Hot Pockets do you notice and the delicious what he chips ahoy that you it? mentioned. You know? <laughs> what he technically called eating carbs? He technically called it an insult. Yeah. And that's, that's what people call it, an insult. <laughs> you're insulting yeah, it's, your it's, body. You're insulting metabolism to a degree, right? When, when you have an excess, right? Yeah, there's, there's lots of reasons to eat carbs, like not the least yeah, of absolutely. which is you're yeah. doing a bodybuilding show. Man, that's gonna, you're going to get a lot of benefit from yeah, that. Yeah, get right? glycogen yeah. in the muscle and your exactly. liver, load up. Yes. What are some of the, so like on a ketogenic diet, typically, you know, it might be about one gram of protein to one gram of fat. Usually the fat is even a little bit higher and the protein is even a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. What's the disadvantage of somebody, um, you know, riding out a ketogenic diet for kind of a long period of time and, and not well, moving or shifting in and out of it at all? So so using Dr. Atia as an example, uh, you may recall when he was here the other day, he mentioned, hey, there was a period of time for three years, right? A thousand days. Mm-hmm. This guy was in nutritional ketosis, ketosis yeah. right? So what happened to him? Well, lots of good things happened to him. 
not too many bad things happened to him, other than that for a period of three years, he didn't eat delicious pizza and delicious right. chips ahoy. That you might say, hey, that was actually a bad thing. You didn't have that in your life. But in, physiologically, n- n- he didn't move backwards doing that. And it tells you something very important, which is, hey, look, if, we, if you or I never ate another carb in our lives, no great harm would come to us. Right. Right. Now, our lives might be poorer socially (laughs) as a result of 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 not being able to have, you know, the fantastic Twizzlers and Hot Pockets. Um, But we wouldn't move backwards physiologically. Now, we may not be able to move forwards with performance in every way that we might want to. Right. I mean, Peter's not going to step on a bodybuilding stage anytime soon. Right. You are. Carbohydrates are a part of that landscape. So, you know, when you start thinking, I mean, we've talked about this before. I love to think of carbohydrates as a supplement. Yeah. Right. Not not a prerequisite for physiological health, but a supplement for performance. I think all of a sudden it's an, now, inter- it's an interesting know, way to look at it yeah. because you don't need them. Right. Yeah. You don't need them, but like you could utilize them. All the time yeah. for different things. There's lots of advantages to, to, to having them, but they are not a prerequisite, A, for survivorship, or B, for long-term health. Yeah. You know? Can you be on a ketogenic diet, and can you mix in a little bit of carbs? You are mentioning for yourself you have a little bit of, like, oatmeal before you hit the gym. Um, can people have a little pre- and post-workout carbohydrates to, to lift them up a little bit, to give them a little extra in the gym, but still be kind of uh, in Absolutely. ketosis. Like Absolutely. This. I mean, and probably the sort of the version of that that really threads the needle is the use of uh, substrates like cluster dextrin. In other words, highly branched carbohydrates mm-hmm. that induce no glycemic so response. So these carb powders. So yeah. let's talk about yeah. that. Where would somebody get something like that? What is it in? What is um, that? Well, you can buy it. Say uh, it again, they're, cluster they're, dextrin? Cluster dextrin, yeah. Like, like a cluster? Like a cluster of dextrins. Yeah, L- like literally, that, that's what it is. <laughs> Hanny's com- company and some other companies make carbohydrates yeah. like that. That's what I take in my post-workout. Yeah. Supplementation. It's the stuff like the um, resistant starches, basically. Those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was, it was really. Can makes one, right? Um, yeah. Uh, Vol- um, Jeff Volek's company. I, I think also um, like. Carbolin is one Yeah, of them. I think and, uh, Gaspari uh, makes, Gaspari uh, makes, makes one. one. Yeah. And basically, what they, those, those products were actually originally developed for kids with GLUT1 deficiency so that they would be able to extend the window of time without having to refeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then somebody clever sort of figured out, like, oh, there might be a performance benefit Some to this. Some you know, in anabolic yeah. window terms. Right. <laughs> and also, you know, if you are eating other carbs, then you can take that carb in without inducing a glycemic response or an insulin response. Right. Uh, and then you can save that for other carbs. Or if you're saying, hey, I want to tr- I want to train, but I want to have the performance benefit of carbs without uh, dismantling my state of nutritional ketosis. This is how I can thread the needle. So post-workout, for a lot of the workouts I've been doing over the last like 20 years, I've always had a post-workout shake. Mm -hmm. Even even through doing a ketogenic diet, uh, I would do two scoops of either like a whey protein isolate or a hydrolyzed whey Mm -hmm. right after the workout. That's like kind of always been there. Now, sometimes I add carbs in depending on what I'm doing. Now I'm doing yep. bodybuilding stuff, so there's about, it's like 25 grams of carbs, which is right. not a lot, but there's there's a scoop in there, right? Um, when you're on a ketogenic diet and you, and you lift, I'd imagine you probably produce a lot of the same hormones and things are going on in your yep. body uh, as if you weren't uh, on a ketogenic diet. Um, talk a little bit about, what the what that post workout window like looks like and 
does it make sense for somebody that's on a keto diet to have straight up protein post workout? Because there's isn't there somewhat of an insulin response from from getting there? There is. So like if you if you looked at like insulin response curves for uh, fat, it's flat. For protein, you get a little bit of a bell shape, and then for high glycemic bell carbs, shape. you get you get this this sort of peak, right? So if you compare those three macronutrients, and then fiber sort of like fat. If you take in just a pure fiber. It's pretty flat uh, response. So it really depends on what people's goals are. So for example, like if you look at, say, our colleague uh, Dom D'Agostino, right? He will stay Savage. in ketosis for pretty extended periods of time. And still outlift you. And still outlift me, right? And I've watched, like I've personally trained with him and yeah, watched him lift in a fasted state. Man, it's mightily impressive to watch him. He'll kill you. Yeah, move some weight around. Now, his goals are different in the sense that he's not trying to put on muscle, but he understands that when you're calorically restricted and eating ketogenically, training helps you to maintain the musculature that you have. So if that's the goal set, then staying in ketosis makes a lot of sense while you're doing resistance training. Now, if you're trying to put on more muscle, then staying in ketosis doesn't make a lot of sense unless your goal set is very modest. And what I mean by that is, Dr. Jacob Wilson and Dr. Ryan Lowry have probably done the best work looking at resistance-trained athletes who are in a state of ketosis who are able to still put on a little bit of muscle. So there, there are thresholds to what you can achieve. Now, obviously, the ketogenic ratios that those athletes are using are going to be a little lower to allow for more protein so that they can put on a little bit of muscle, but obviously, they're not going to have the same response as somebody eating very high protein with also a good amount of carbs. There's just going to be a different range of response. So it really depends on, you know, what's the goal set? What right. am I trying to achieve? What's going on with your insulin after you exercise? Like, why is that a post-workout? You know, they say post your post-workout window of like food or carbohydrates right. or whatever. Wow. Right. Also, just to say, I think the post-workout windows, kind of, that myth's kind of been shattered, hasn't it? To a degree. I mean, like, it's sort of like a fasted cardio Maybe versus science, fed cardio. Not, not in terms of bodybuilding. I mean, it's still alive yeah. and well. Like bodybuilders are not... They're not going to get done with a workout and not have that shake. That's exactly right. And th there is a, and you, you said it They're perfectly. not going to take their chances, yeah. right? Like, why, why take a chance? You said it perfectly. There's lots of things that science proves that it really has nothing to do with how athletes perform. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the, like, a good example of that is, like, fasted cardio versus fed cardio. There's been a lot of great scientific studies that basically come to the conclusion, like, eh, not eh. much of a difference. Yeah. But if you talk to, say, for instance, your coach, uh, yeah. Mr. Rombot, he said, no, 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 no. I don't care what that you science have is. To do it. Here's what you're doing, and here's why, and here's the context within which is, that is happening, and here's my experience with the thousands of athletes that informs me that this me is the way to do out, it. He's like, you'll just right? lose fat faster. Yeah, faster yeah. Cardio, the smart, fat faster. Right. smarter he's reason. He's right in the same way that the science is right. In other words, the he's smart, right for what he's doing. The smarter reason right. is that you wake up in the morning, you're already fasted, and then you're going to induce yeah. exercise in an already fasted body. There's nothing And you're already you. in ketosis for the yeah. most part. Most of us that we're talking about here, you're already in ketosis, so you're already yeah. burning fat when you wake up. Why not exercise while you're doing that and burn more fat. To me, yeah. the science saying that it doesn't work doesn't make any sense. Like I, I'm if, even if it doesn't work, I'm still going to do it because on paper it makes sense to me. Right. Like it makes and it makes the most sense to me. Also, I, even though I said you know they busted that myth, uh, it makes more sense to me to work out and you're starving afterwards. You go eat. Right. You just go down a ton of food. Like that's what we've always done, and it's always been effective, and it's been effective for everybody. So like, why stop doing that? Because a scientist said, ah. 
You don't need to do that. Well, and here's the other thing that's interesting, right? Don't be surprised that with certain athletes, Honey breaks his own rule. Oh, right? Yeah. Because he knows that for that athlete, he needs to make certain adjustments because they're a unique specimen. Yeah, maybe Phil Heath wakes right? up and he's starving mm-hmm. in the so, morning or something. Yeah, and you know, so when it, know. when it comes to performance, like you, you definitely have to refer to the science because that gives you an understanding of what's been done according to a certain standard of rigor. But you may end up electively throwing that out for right. this athlete or this situation or this particular circumstance. And yeah, time. for me, I like my situation here. <clears throat> um, I have to just get the gym done in one shot. Right. And so you're like, hey, man, you got to eat because you're you're with me for hours. And you don't see me eat. All I have is like liquid. Right. But I have aminos while we're training and I have a post-workout drink and I usually have food about an hour after. The only reason I'm doing that is that's just because that's the way it has to be for now. That's the situation that you're in. Precisely. It's the situation I'm in. So it might not be the most ideal. Like we could all sit here and probably be like, yeah, you know, if you waited about two and a half hours and you got back to the gym, you'd probably have like some more vigor and be able to attack that cardio a little bit more or that second workout a little bit harder. When I get back to Sacramento, I'll probably be able to, you know, do yeah. some of that again. You will, you'll be able to control time better, distance right. better, yeah, right. timing Because now it's yeah. it's an hour of cardio, it's an hour of posing, <laughs> and it's an hour and a half of lifting. And, so, and it takes about half an hour to get back and forth from the gym here. And like it takes yeah. about, you know, an extra 30, 40 minutes, too, of just kind of BS. Like, yeah, you, can't, yeah. you can't be in the gym... Especially a, you Gold's can't be Venice. in the gym and be an asshole, right? But you know, especially you Gold's Venice, like you go to Gold's Venice, and yeah. so many people know me, they just even want to meet you. So like, ah, and if you, right. you know, if you didn't stop and talk to all those people, they'd be disappointed. Well, so you, yeah, you know, because and, and you know, this ha- is what we do. Hashtag because social media. You know? Yeah, that's just what we. It's, <laughs> it's for just no what other we reason. Do anyway, we just <laughs> yeah. always go in. Well, and, and also speed uh, stack meet and greet. Uh, right. You walk <laughs> yeah. around the gym, you drink a speed stack. Also, our boy, our boy Bruce. You know, our boy Bruce yeah. is like, hey, you got to be social, you know? Come yes. on. He's like, let's go over here. Yeah, Bruce He's is like, a prime example yeah. of that. You know, he, he runs around He's with great. Quest giving out bars to everybody. And it's like, that's, he just, you know, Look at everybody that guy's, knows him. Look at that guy's well, yeah. life, though. I mean, he's. He's crushing it. Like, he's having so much fun. Look he's got how much so much fun you can have being nice to people, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's why he I call him, big like, uh, I call him Mr. Handshake, the mayor of Quest. Why? Yeah. Because he really is, in many respects, he's not just the face, but he's Chris that, is the mayor of Gold. That, right. Yeah. Chris is the mayor of Gold. I'm up yeah. for re-election, by the way. <laughs> right. Now, but now i got to battle the governor. You mentioned something earlier about the, the hour of posing, and we've talked a lot about it. All three of us have talked yeah. a lot about it. That is something that is so uniquely ascribed to bodybuilding. And it's one of the parts of bodybuilding that a lot of people don't get exposure to because they don't compete on stage uh, in in a, a, a sanctioned competitive mm-hmm. ecosystem where the posing is how the judges evaluate your physique uh, mm-hmm. by itself and in comparison to posing others. Posing can also stimulate right. muscle growth, though, right? It can. And that's that's what I wanted to get your take on. You You've had... An interesting experience up to this point. You've worked with Charles Glass. You've worked with now with Big Will Harris, um, and started to get really into the posing. Yeah. What What's changed for you now that you've had exposure to that? Well, it's it's becoming more fun. Okay. You know, even even today. Um, first of all, it's very difficult, as you're yeah. mentioning. It's uh, it's very hard, and and I'm only doing like classic physique poses. So I can only imagine when you get into bodybuilding and you got more. There's a lot more poses that go Mm -hmm. on and with traditional bodybuilding there's a lot more like just flexing that goes on it's Mm -hmm. even though i'm still flexing it's not as uh not as intense as when you see the the pros going head to head and they're like right you know at the end of the competition they're they're just going as hard as they can that looks 
insanely difficult. Um, you know, each guy's got their own little spin, and each guy gave me a little tidbit of information. But the amazing thing is, so many people at Gold's Gym have been so positive about it. Um, there's probably been five or six different bodybuilding people I can think of that I've admired for a long time, or even just people that have good physiques in there that have been so excited and so positive that I'm doing it. So that has yeah. been really cool. Even T- you know Tito Raymond That's right. has competed yeah. over 60 times on stage. He's put his ass on the line many, many times. His brother, uh, you know, couldn't be any more successful. He, he, his yep. brother kills it. And Tito's just showing me a small thing to do with the bicep. He's like, everybody wants to try to, you know, curl their uh, wrist downward. He's like, don't curl, curl the wrist, wrist downward. Curl it more back, and your bicep will come up. Well, here I was thinking, like, my both my biceps kind of look like a flat tire because I've torn both of them. Well, now when I flex them, there's actually some peak there. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, just through learning some of these things, uh, you can really make a big difference. So, And what Will showed me, you know, rather than, like, the side chest pose or some of the posing I was doing, um, rather than just thinking about these strict angles, I'm going to be head on, I'm going to be this way, I'm going to be this way. He's like, no. He's like, point this way and try it this way. And I... And I did, and I was like, "Wow, all right. Well, I got a hamstring now. You know, right. I got got some different <laughs> muscles popping out that I didn't, uh, that I wasn't aware of. So it, it's cool, and I I feel more confident. Yeah. You know, at first yeah. I'm like, I just I've never really like posed in the mirror before. Like I don't yeah. really sit there and flex in front of the mirror. Yeah, right. I don't. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I ask Andy. It's, yeah, it sounds <laughs> obviously right. just like anybody else. Yeah. You're, I always check myself out in the mirror, right? Oh, any okay, any reflection we got. I mean, maybe yeah. in maybe the car I, in the car door when you're in the mirror. Yeah, you maybe the maybe I'm in the gym and I see the tricep on a tricep push down. Like, of course, I mean, every, those every are very time I'm in common a store, things. I throw a tricep down when like <laughs> yeah. you walk past them. Yeah, those are those are very common things. But yeah. I've Half never shot. like sat there and really tried to work on it. So uh, it's been I a huge to. confidence boost. It's been feeling good, and it also I could feel it kind of. Uh, almost drying my skin out as I was flexing and stuff. Well, and that that's I think one of the sort of the hidden secrets of of posing is a lot of times when people want to make improvements in their physique, they don't realize how much of a contributor posing is to that effect. Even within an hour of posing, you can literally do a before and after photo and see dramatic change in how your physique presents because of the water you're pushing out and the fact that you're actually bringing blood into the muscles. Yeah. So that is all. That's like an instant transformation almost and that's to me what i find what was amazing is um people can watch this on mark's uh, youtube channel too there's a video that we did with charles glass in the the posing room and he's like get over here chris get over here and he calls me over because he's like look what happens when he just sits down on that leg and all he did was like sit back on his Mm -hmm. calf a little bit and his hamstring just popped right out and charles like see that like now you can see it yeah it was just one little move one little flinch you know yeah boom and all of a sudden it popped out the attention the attention of uh like all the detail that you need to kind of go over we were working on calves today i haven't done that in years Uh, i did some ab work today i haven't done that in years there's a lot of things that i just haven't really messed with before and even just the tanning you know you you just tanning is a discipline (laughs) yeah no i'm I'm learning a lot about all this like when you talk about like uh 
you know, leaning out, laying out in the sun for a few minutes. I come back and every vein is yes. popping everywhere, all through my stomach, all through my chest. It looks crazy. Well, that heat, you know, <clears throat> just very slightly evaporates water under the skin. Yeah. So that skin then sits down on the fascia more. And then you what see What do you more do for tanning? You're just, because you're here in Malibu, just going outside, literally? Or do you go yeah, to a tanning just, bed? No, just laying out out there. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to lay face down as much. And so, you know, getting yeah. the hamstrings in the back, it, it all sounds so weird, but it's all a uh, it's all a discipline of things that you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. And right. it's over and over and over and over and over again. Overall, would you say that your experience has been hard? Um, you like it? It's, it's continuous. It's, yeah. a, it's a full court press. Um, but I feel like I'm winning. I feel like I'm scoring, you know, like I'm, I'm still, I'm still able to dribble the ball and make some shots. If right. you had like a nine but to it's five, fucking hard. If you had like a nine to five job, do you think it'd be different for like some of those guys that are doing that kind of stuff? I think sometimes the more structure, maybe the better. And, uh, so I certainly don't think that it's necessarily easier this way. What, what is easier for me is just the fact that I have finances and that yeah, helps a do, lot. You can operate. Yeah, I, I mean, I can buy an eight or nine dollar or ten dollar, whatever the hell it is, prepped meal from the or twelve dollars, yeah, I think it was, yeah. from the gym, and not really, you know, not really worry about it. Go yeah. to Bulletproof and grab something. I can Uber around. Like I don't, you know, I just don't have any restriction when it comes to that, and so that feels really good. Yeah. I could pick up salmon from Whole Foods, or you know, I have. What, and, what and I do, for some people don't have those, those yeah. options. What I do like about what I what I'm doing with the carnivore diet is like a lot of people can't afford stuff, so you just put them on eggs and ground beef and they can they can make it you know so you know what though you're gonna eat less cheap. though that's yeah. the message yeah. too like yeah. hey you fat bastard you're gonna eat a lot less yeah you just can't that'll eat a cost lot of you stuff. that'll cost yeah. you less because like you said it's what you're yeah. not eating and what you're not oh, eating huge. Costs yeah five dollars per like ounce you know what i mean like think yeah. about how much a dorito the margins costs per ounce and the, stuff like that that company's making more money on that yeah the margin is different yeah they're shipping yeah. it cheaper they're everything like well, the, the steaks you're giving you are obviously shit. marked up just like everything else. Just like you said, they don't celebrate when people come back with a bag of vegetables. They celebrate when the truck, when the hunters come back with a big thing of meat. Some people right. hey, you got up. berries. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Ooh, yeah, here comes some granola. Well, you bring up a great point, which is you know a lot of people say, oh, you know, I would I would maybe change my nutritional program, but you know there are financial limitations, but. What you guys are talking about actually addresses that head on because while what you while you have the ability to incur convenience in terms of how you buy mm -hmm. food, which is great, ideally you have that, even if that's not the case, if you plan how you buy your meats, if yeah. you plan how you buy your rice and your vegetables, man, your cost per serving can get go down dramatically, yeah. particularly if you're consistent about eating that way and you don't eat out and... You don't buy packaged foods, which you're absolutely right. There's a very different cost structure and margin structure. Oh, geez, if you were thin and that. you could eat rice on top of eggs and ground beef. Oh I mean, man, you'd be, you're, yeah, you'd be totally. And you're sad. training in the gym. Yeah, that right. wouldn't you're, really man, be that your bad response of a diet, to that is going to be you'd massive. Be well, yeah. lower on the fat scale, but it'd right. be fine. You know. Well, we got these people that are whole egg fans, and you got these people that are egg white fans, right? If you were to, if you were to look at some of these things from a financial standpoint. If you ate whole eggs all the time that are, um, you know, the most expensive eggs you right. can buy at the store, that's going to end up costing you a lot of money. There's not a point in time where egg whites became unhealthy. You know, I think we need to make things very clear to people. It, egg whites are not unhealthy. They just don't contain a lot of nutrition. Chicken breast is not unhealthy. Turkey is not unhealthy. It just doesn't contain a lot of nutrition. 
And those are all really important yeah. things. Yeah. And if people want to, if people, if people don't want to spend money on these grass-fed products and this, these higher-end meats that may have a better fat ratio in it for them, yeah. which uh, may, be, uh, may be more beneficial, their omega-3, omega-6 balance and all these different things, then you can simply purchase some omega-3 eggs. You could purchase some egg whites. When you have the opportunity to, get some salmon. When you have the opportunity yeah. to, get some grass-fed beef. Uh, but in between that, you can eat things that are a little bit leaner. Maybe you get chicken or maybe you get turkey or mm. there's lots of options. There's elk, there's venison, there's there's a the list of options goes on and on, even just leaner ground beef. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the fat that's in there, what type of fat it is. You don't have to worry about whether it's grass fed because there's no the fat in there anyway. Beef at Costco is fairly lean. It's like eighty eight percent. Yeah. It's pretty lean. It's fourteen yeah. grams of fat. And you per can, servings, it's like thirty grams of protein per serving. So mm-hmm. it's right. leaner than your normal eighty percent at um at Ralph's, and it's well, and it's good. It tastes amazing. Costco is a great resource, e- even if you're not on a budget. It's just a great resource in terms yeah. of you know. If you, you know say, what it is? I actually you know, never used to go to Costco because I never used yeah. to eat that much of one thing. But now, and when I did, I was really fat. When I like before I went to Costco, I was really yeah. fat. Now that I'm eating, a big thing that Mark and I talk about, and it goes back to what you just said about what you don't do. I just eat a lot less things. There's yeah. a lot less on the on the menu, you know. Well, and what you do eat is a pretty high quality. I mean, those meats at Costco are yeah, pretty not good. too yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're darn good, um, and you can get them at a very economical uh, price point. And for someone who I think you know, if you're helping somebody with their diet, or you know, somebody's watching what you do, and they say, "Wow, you know, I'd like to replicate what those guys are doing." They can do that even on a very, very modest income. Mm-hmm. It can be done. So, right. you know, those are some of the things that I think are so important to yeah, mention because you remove that barrier to entry. It's not mm-hmm. just something like, oh, you can only do it if you're. And it's not just what Mark and I are doing. Yeah, look yeah. at that. Um, you know, like the vertical diet's very similar. Right. Like all yeah. stand stuff he gets at Costco, right? So it's like, yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be expensive, you know, for you to do it. Sometimes it might get yeah. boring. But uh, that's why we spice things up. Like right. there's, there's ways to spice things up. Mark just cooked up uh, chicken breast that was pre-cooked, mm-hmm. and he boiled up some bro- bone broth on the um, stove. In the pan. Yeah. Soup. And he said it was amazing. It looked great. It was, it was like, it's yeah. ridiculous how good it is. That sounds really civilized. It's <laughs> I'd super like to try it's that. It's basically a <laughs> similar. Chicken, yeah. chicken crime. You know, it's like oh, chicken wow. soup and chicken broth. You know? Yeah. Well, because I, I have, uh, because I you know, I'm starting to lean towards a little bit more of a caloric restriction. Yeah. I'm trying to kind of do it one meal at a time. So mm-hmm. almost per week. So I'll have like two or three, maybe like two so far, small meals per yeah. the seven or six meals that I'm having. Maybe next week or the week after, there'll be a third meal in there that's small, right? Yeah. And so I'm trying to line things up with conditioning myself for eating a little bit less and just it's like you know 4.5 to 5 uh grams of of chicken you know per per meal whereas when we started we were at 10 yeah and you just you keyed in on something that's very interesting now that makes me reflect on when we were doing squats the other day which is you said boy you know could it be possible that the same principles and practices that we use in the (laughs) gym that we use in planning out what meals we're going to eat not just later today but tomorrow the next day could that be applied to other areas in life could those same principles of discipline forethought thrift Mm -hmm. all of those things go into 
financial planning, relationship no, they planning, can't. business planning. And you, you're <laughs> right. That was the answer. No, it couldn't possibly be done. But it, it brings up an interesting thing. And uh, this is something that, that again, uh, mentioning our colleague Ron Penna, we've talked about a lot, which is, you know, uh, bodybuilding, strength training, powerlifting, Olympic lifting have so many principles that if applied to other areas in life can be absolutely transformative. How do we have that conversation? Yeah. Right. The, how do we, ultimate example, how do we get into that? Right. The ultimate example is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. He has done everything a human being could possibly yeah. do. He still walks around with a smile on his face, shaking hands mm-hmm. and taking pictures in gold's gym. He's the man. And yeah. people admire uh, like Jay Cutler for that reason. Yes. You yeah, know, he's, he's a great example. He has successful businesses. He's he's very nice. He's fun. He's funny. Yeah, you see him. He always, seems hey, a little. He seems a little vanilla. But you're not going to meet a high level bodybuilder that's not that way. He like kind of has to be that way. Well, and the, he's yeah, yeah. he's actually talked about that in some of he the, can't some have of a his lot interviews. Of like, am I supposed to be yeah. excited? Yeah, he he talked about that in, in in some of his videos where he said, you know, he he almost became like a machine. Like his ability to do. The same ostensibly boring thing every day was so profound yeah. and such a determinant in, his, in yeah. his success. I will eat these six meals a day. I will do this extremely rigorous training. I will do the tanning. I will do all the things it takes. You know what's great? To be so, at this level, uh, some, you know. I heard um, Pat Militich, who's a friend, who's a, a mm-hmm. fighter, and had the Militich fighting system, everything. And um, he just said when they interviewed him after like his first fight and he won, he's like, I don't know if I was that much better than the guy. I was able to shirk a lot of responsibilities off. Uh, other, that, I'm I'm good at that. Like I can I can get rid of a lot of things mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. and focus in on the fight. And he he actually attributes that a lot to why he was so good. I'm really like I don't need trappings. Like I don't right. need a nice house, a nice car. I don't need anything. All I need is a gym and a place to work out and and some food. And you that's all I it. need. That extends so far into everything. Like, because he was yeah. able to ha- not need anything, he was right. able to fucking perform. Right. Man, he. He killed everybody on the way up. Everybody. Well, some people, when they train, they don't need music. They don't need pre-workout. Right. They don't need hype. This is great. They just, so, yeah. they on the just way to get his, in his own. On the way to his first fight, guy pops in a Metallica tape, and it was cassette player. Mm-hmm. Militich pops it out and throws it out the window, and the guy's <laughs> like, what the fuck did you do that for? It was Metallica. He's like, if you need heavy metal music to get fired up, you're toast already. <laughs> and that's what he told the guy, and the guy was just like, okay, and they just drove in silence the rest of the way to the fight. And he was like very stoic like that. Like, yeah. Just like, okay. <laughs> but that goes back to the principle we touched on earlier is a lot of success is attributed to what you're not doing, right? In this instance, what you're able to box out and yeah. only focus on what's essential pursuant to your goal. You detach you yourself know? from the ketchup that you think you need on your burger. Right. You remember yes. when they you went to you Russia? You don't yes. necessarily need it. Let's let's get rid of the word need. You don't need it. Right. You like it, and it's understandable. <laughs> yeah. but remember you remember they went to Russia it. and Rocky Four. Yes. What did he have there? Nothing. Right. Well, well and that was... comics here. Yeah. They didn't even have all his comics. Mm-hmm. They had nothing there. They just had a barn. Yeah. And well, and that, that was a great juxtaposition, right? You had, you know, the Russian mm-hmm. guy with all the scientists. And, and the steroids. And yeah, juice. right, right. And he, you know, he had a little bit of a, a big needle in a little pharmacology shoulder. to help him along there. But then you had Rocky who was I in remember. the snow and climbing the mountain, you know. In but there's something great about that. In 87, know? when I came out, or 85, 85, I, when I, whatever it came out, I was like, when I saw that needle going to that Ivan Drago's arm, I was like, you cheater, man. You're, I can't believe this, you know? And, and that was what I really thought. So he put, he put it over on me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So much easier to be uh, negative, I think is ultimately what we're facing a lot of times. It's yeah. so much easier to talk yourself out of the things 
that you try to make a commitment to. Mm-hmm. I, you know, starting on Monday, I'm going on a diet, right? And you're like, well, it's you know, it's Friday, and then you just blitz yourself mm-hmm. on Friday, Saturday, Sunday with drinks and all kinds of different the things. Worst. Mm. commitments are the worst tactic (laughs) like if you want to get somebody to do something so this is a a sobriety tactic it's called commitments and Mm. we're only as good as the commitments we make right so when you go to aa you make a commitment and they're like what's your commitment going to be like now it sounds worthless but like dude chris griffin you're the coffee guy greg you're the guy that brings the sugar mark you bring the cream and you're going to pass out flyers you know yeah, and everybody's got a commitment. You're like, what? Do, what do you mean? And so you have to be at the meeting because you have a job now. And I think that that's really important. Yeah, to um, give yeah. yourself commitments. You give yourself things to do. You join groups or you join, you know, groups of lifting partners, and th- that's sort of what we have in the morning, right? So mm-hmm. I don't need to show up at the gym at five a.m. right now, but we got a little club going. Like while Mark's, you know in what town, though, it's very yeah. negative when when somebody doesn't show up. I didn't show yeah, up, you, and you, you guys you, were all like, "I'm really disappointed." I'm like, well, we, so, had, "We were interviewing Thomas Delauer that day, and I didn't want to be tired to interview him. Yeah. I couldn't get to bed till one, and everybody was disappointed. I'm like, "I'm not missing again." Then I didn't know it was a big deal. So, so apropos that, I got a great story for you guys. So, uh, our colleague Heath Evans, who you know. Heath Evans, oh no. I, I texted him the other day. I texted him that great photo that you took uh, of me squatting with, with you behind yeah. me and then, then O'Hearn looming in the background. Yeah, it was right? awesome. And I sent that to Heath and I said, hey man, we're missing you at, at these workouts. Perfect. Why don't you come tomorrow? Picking up the spirits. Right? And he said, oh dude, I'm in Florida. So I texted him back. I said, so you're going to make it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That and, you know, he's, he's going to be back like a thumbs up. Uh, but it was great because, you know, that that's the type of, you know, I think support that this, yeah. the, you know, this sort of club that you. I'll sometimes yeah. check in with some have. of my guys and say, "Are you training?" And then the next morning they send me a picture at like seven a.m. and yeah. I'm super. Training. Greg, Greg does that. Right. I'll take a picture. I'll be walking down the street yeah. and like you just know that he's going. And like sometimes, like the other day, I called him and said, "I, I just want to let you know I'm proud of you." There's no other reason to call him. Right. I, I like what you're doing. Just keep going. And that's just because I think about it and go like. Hey, I hope I hope my guys yeah. are doing good. If we're going to encourage people, mm-hmm. you don't encourage them and leave them off on the sidewalk. Right. You encourage them and you know you, you try to help them if you can. And that's what I do with a lot of people that I help with sobriety. Like sometimes I just randomly check in with people yeah. to see how they're doing because usually when you throw somebody off, it actually helps them even more. You know, like yeah. you're like, oh, they, that guy really cares. You know, and like they, it's just I think it just means a lot. I think more of us need to show that we care about each other too. Well, I was pressing on Andrew a little bit today. Like he's already made a lot of progress. Yeah, but he he talks about his stomach. His stomach bothers him here and there, and I'm like, I'm not going to say 100 percent that his stomach is 100 percent related to his diet. Maybe he just has gastrointestinal problems. Mm. Period. Right? Yeah. But he's mentioned to me many times that the more he's on his diet, the more those go away. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not keep having this conversation about how your stomach's killing. Yeah, yeah. He keeps saying it, but you know, let's let's go let's go all in. You know, and he's he's been working out in the mornings and stuff, and he's making some changes to his body. It's like you're starting to see it, and it's like, well, let's go all in with that food. He's like, ah, things have been different because of this week. Yeah, and he, but he 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 gets into a rhythm of saying that. Oh, you know, he'll say, oh, what it was we, off no, off the training, you know. Like, yeah, it was all positive. Yeah. It was all positive, but like, hey, let's let's stop saying that. I haven't done that in a while because I haven't been in the gym for a minute. You're like, wait, why are we, why do, we've said yeah. that Look, three yeah, months ago. I, I told him this. I said, you have two choices when you go away, right? If you go away and you haven't been away and had a vacation and been with your family in a long time, just go, okay, cool. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to just not worry about what I eat for a week. Or you're going to go on vacation 
and you're going to pack every single thing right. that you need. You're going to think ahead. Mm-hmm. You're going to order stuff on Amazon. You're going to order all the snacks and prepackaged things that you can bring right. along that make it easy to travel. Like I know they're not yeah. the most optimal things, but you're going to travel. Bring some Quest bars. Bring this. Bring that. They won't damage you. They won't insult you that bad, right? right. <laughs> and, and that kind of thing. And and just do one or yeah. the other, but don't show up and fucking complain. Not to the Bell Brothers. Not to right. me and him. Like, come on, like, don't, like, especially don't complain to me anymore after I had to take it from him, hearing, like, how pathetic I was all another the time thing, complaining. Another thing you can do when you when you travel is you can just figure out a way to, like, stabilize some things. Mm. Um, maybe about a year ago, I went to Canada with the family, and while we were there, I was like, well, I don't really want to carve out time to lift, so I'm not going to mess, I'm not going to mess with a bunch of lifting. Um, and I'm not going to try to find gyms and stuff, but we were gone yeah. for like eight days. So I was like, I'm going to work out once or twice with weights at some point, but I'm going to walk and I'm going to walk a lot. And it just, yeah. we just walked every day. The whole family walked every day. And then even when there was, uh, even when we got back to the hotel and there was, you know, just some downtime, yeah. I was like, I'm popping out and I'm going for a walk. I ate, you know, not anything that I wanted. It wasn't like yeah. a gl- this gluttonous, uh, uh, long, you know, week, week or whatever. But, right. uh, I, when I had an opportunity to eat something that I wanted to eat, like a burrito or, uh, something that I just thought was going to taste really good. I just went in for it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to still weird to see at though. least manage some of this with some other, other things. As your brother, it's tough to handle when you're on vacation, you're eating like a piece of pizza. You're like, Oh, I ate some cookie dough. Like, what, is he, what, is, what is he doing to himself? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't even know if I'll get another cheat from here until the contest. That'll be, That'll be tough. I don't even. I don't really need a cheat, but it would be nice to have a day where I just eat a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes that's just the thing. It's just like, oh man, I wish I could just even eat more steak. Yeah. Right? And so, um, that that's been tough for me. Like some days, like cutting back on food and eating once a day. It's it's been tough sometimes. Do you do that every day? No, no, no. Because I think that if I do like uh, actually. It's kind of like I every other day. I'll be right back. Yeah. I think it's every other day because in talking to Thomas DeLauer and other people that are experts in like intermittent fasting, they say there's two kinds of intermittent fasting. There's intermittent every day. Like you could do an 18 right. hour fast every day and yeah. eat for six hours or eat for eight hours, fast for 16 or whatever. It usually starts around 14, but really most mm-hmm. people think it starts around 16. So I'd say 16 is probably your minimum, right? And I'll do. I'll do 16 to 18 like twice a week. Yeah. And lately I've been I've been doing um like actually lately I've been doing 18 like 3 days a week. About 18 3 days a week. And, and then the rest of the days I just eat kind of uh I, I don't eat all day. I kind of keep it in a window, but my problem is I have a hard time shutting down at night. So some of the days where I'm not intermittent fasting, yeah. I'll end up eating like like a snack around like midnight or something some days like even like some days i'll yeah. eat really late i'll just admitting and uh I'm, I'm trying not to but i'm up and i'm like well what's a hamburger gonna, gonna do right, right now it's not gonna really do much you know it's not gonna hurt me and so i just eat it you know and so um i don't know i don't you know i actually want to try i was thinking this week of doing some days of like eating a lot and then mm-hmm. seeing the next day i could not eat at all and see how that works just to try to test some things you know because like he said, some days you just wish you could eat, but other days you're not hungry at all. It's really strange. Do you find on the days that you fast that there's any correspondence between that and, say, increased productivity or increased creativity? Do you mm. Have you noticed any correspondence? It's so hard for me to fast. that like So I'm probably mentally abused by, like, 
mentally destroyed in a way that like mm-hmm. I think about food still. And so when it comes to a day of not eating, I'm yeah. like, I'm still weird about it. Do you like, struggle even with after it? All this time. Like you're kind of watching the clock a little. Like, well, when's this? I feel like, okay, so because I'm sober, maybe I should say too, like I feel like I have nothing to do. What, what am I going to do if I can't eat? And I can't mm. drink anything, and I can't smoke anything, and I can't yeah. like take walk any pills. or go go to sleep. It's like they don't seem like great. No, options, that's not right? good options. Yeah, yeah, they seem shitty compared I'm, to eating. You know, eating's fine. Maybe if I had like a yeah. hot girlfriend or something, it'd be easier. But <laughs> I gotta okay. find that. Hashtag goals. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag guys. I got think nothing. that food is really ruling people. You know that that website yeah. ruled dot me. Like yeah. the guy nailed it. Well, that's what name, I'm saying. Yeah. Like name I, that website. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like I think I'm still mentally like, like a there's that song cash from. rules everything around me it's really the food well, you yeah. know that's do- ruling everything dr atia spoke to that Damn. point right he 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 mentioned that you know it's empowering to have this understanding that you don't require food like that you can go for significant periods of time right without it it builds a I, I guess a, a confidence that's a, sort mm-hmm. of a very interesting form of confidence, you know, and he's pretty extreme. I mean, I would say a seven day fast is that's pretty extreme. I've, yeah. I've done a three and a half day fast and it was e- extremely difficult for me. Yeah. I've done a, 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 a three day fast as well. And you know, I, I kind of, I like the challenge of it. Yeah. Um, I also lost like about, Shit, what did I lose? I want to say like day one, I didn't lose much. But yeah. day two, it just started to peel off. And I want to say I lost about six or seven pounds. Yeah, the water will go out. If you're not taking salt, yeah. the water will And I would say net out. net body weight loss, once I got back to it, was about a pound or two. Okay. Which is still really good, yeah, you know, in that quick period of time. Now, yeah. again, it could have been just, you know, I don't think I lost a pound of fat in three days necessarily. Um, but it did help with just general yeah. uh, weight loss. But I didn't. I didn't like fasting. I didn't like doing a lot of fasting. Um, I didn't mind it. Yeah. I didn't really. I wasn't crazy about the food. I, I did notice from a work perspective that I felt awesome. And I think yeah. that a lot of people, maybe not even so much fasted, but with light amounts of food, you hear that all the time. People are like, I just want you know something. There's lunch menus at restaurants for this very reason. There's less food. They give you less food. They give you something uh, that's not as uh, savory as they might give you in the morning or at night, right? right? And it's so that you don't uh, eat and then feel tired <laughs> yeah, as shit. Out. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. know about you, but like when I was, see, here was the problem for me with fasting. When I became unfasted, when mm-hmm. I ate, it would still make me really tired, even though it was keto. Mm-hmm. And that might have been because I was like, oh, it's time to eat. And I engorged myself with yeah. food. So I tried to learn. I, I started to incorporate a pre-fasting uh, like snack. Mm-hmm. So I would still go to the designated amount of hours, the 16 hours. Yeah. But I might eat something small that's like 300 calories. And then another hour, two hours, I'd eat something else. And that seemed to help a lot. Yeah. It really yeah. helped a lot with how much I ate. And it also helped a lot with... Um, me feeling you know that kind of dip i'd have to say like lately and maybe this is the past two weeks we've been getting up you know we've been doing the 4 yeah. a.m workouts and yeah um 5 a.m workouts it's really early right so when you wake up that early uh it's it's harder for me to not eat you know like so i, I used to be like i'd get out it's a the, longer eating window yeah you're up so all day. i would i would go to sleep at like 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and then i'd wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning or something i'd go yeah. to the gym i get done at the gym by like i'd be home by 10 
then we would work all day on our movie stuff and yeah. you know then whatever five o'clock we're done or whatever and then off to doing whatever else for the rest of the day yeah and so it was just easier to like the days taken up but when you come mm-hmm. home and you have this big window between like you come home and it's only 7 a.m or 8 yeah. a.m yeah you just feel like cooking at mm-hmm. that time you're like well i still have t- like two hours before i meet with anybody or do anything really you know so it's like what do i yeah, do i ate meals the other day because i was just yeah. up for a long ass time like yeah. sometimes that's just the way it is. It's just hard to fill in the spaces sometimes. We need something yeah. else other than eating. Like, I don't know. Virtual reality? What do we need? Conceivably. We need something <laughs> like virtual, something else. virtual eating. Oh, virtual eating. Yeah. We just stuff our faces with fake food and then. I think that's where we're at now yeah, with all the processed foods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah virtual nutrition. That. Yeah. Except for it's not virtual, it's actually doing damage. Right. <laughs> do it without doing damage. Well, cool, man. You were saying that you eat once a day. What else do you eat other than meat? What do I eat other than meat? That's it. Pretty much meat. Um, then some snacks. I have some chocolate every once in a while. Some like dark chocolate that I like. Um, I'm trying to think of like what I normally eat. So for on a regular everyday basis, if it's not like cheating something that I'm eating, the only things I eat are red meat and then like nuts and seeds, I would say. Like so pe- pecans, macadamia nuts. Um, there's our friend makes that, our friend Gavin makes the pecan butter, Beardy Boys, uh, pecan butter. That's Stuff's really, really good. It has really yeah. good. Um, it's sweetened with it's a, a tablespoon t- of maple syrup yeah. in the whole jar. So, um, by eating some pecan butter, that's not bad. Macadamia nuts are great. Peely nuts are great. And, um, trying to think if there is any other stuff that I eat really like maybe eggs? It, yeah, eggs, avocado, bacon, coffee, um, cheese, to, but not really. Not really cheese because I find cheese, um, you know, you kills. Kinda. You know, I had a um, protein bar yesterday, and um, I literally farted the entire day. <laughs> Remember that best protein bar ever, or whatever? You know those best yeah, protein no, best bar ever. Yeah, yeah, best bar ever. If you want to fart for eight hours straight, <laughs> like the absolute best bar on the market for farting all day, and I've actually still have farts today from it. And nothing else on this diet has made me fart not <laughs> once. So that's why I think like stick to real food, eat real yeah. shit. You know, yeah. like don't eat. Uh, I, the one time I go away from something they sell in Costco and I fart. So. Devastating. Devastating. It's gonna <laughs> blow up the world. Some of what I'm doing right now is, you know, I got the 350 grams of protein every day, yeah. the 65 to 70 grams of fat every day, and then 150 grams of carbs, which is, you know, not a ton of carbs. People yeah. are like, you left us. You're not on the war on carbs anymore. But I, I haven't checked, but I might even. That, that's I probably, lowish carbs, though. I'm probably yeah. not in ketosis necessarily because I don't have enough fat in my system to even really produce Well, protein's so high. The other thing protein's so high. So high. The other yeah. thing I eat. I should mention this because I know it's not going to air today, but it's not actually National Ice Cream Day today, July, whatever today is. Oh. And um, I eat keto ice cream that I make, but it's made with butter, coconut oil. We got to try some and of that. eggs. Yeah, I'm game. And I have that. some downstairs. Today, I whipped some pecans into it. Mm. Yeah. Hey, now. It's really good. I mean, it's something that's like, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much a saturated fat frenzy right there. Yeah. You know? Coconut yeah. oil, butter, MCT oil, and uh, eggs. Uh, tomorrow we got some training with uh, Otren, Michael Hearn. Um, he said that he said 8 a.m. as you predicted because he said that a lot of times when he's, he's coming off of something yep. that he's uh, going to get a little extra snoozing in. 
And uh, I think he said it's squats tomorrow, which is uh, Ooh, you know, that's we already, gonna be a challenge for us. Yeah, we already oh, we toasted yeah. ourselves. Yeah. What the but, fuck is wrong with this? He uh, must know. He must yeah, know. He must he, know. must. he must have a spy on the inside. All right, we got to go to sleep right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He must yeah, have a spy on the inside. Go to sleep immediately. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he didn't get some of his leg training in that I don't he know. wanted. Maybe this way. is a setup, and Daniel's part of it. <laughs> the, conspira- the, the conspiracy. Daniel's theory, the inside uh, guy. Concrete shoes for Daniel. I was just like, you know, I told him I was, you know, we texted back and forth, and I was like, ah, I trained legs like two days ago, but I'm in. Regardless, who cares? Figure it out. Get I haven't good... squatted with Michael Hearn in like 20 years. It'd be great. Let's do it. What does he usually do? Um, it depends. Like it, it, a, a lot of he times. He does a lot of similar things. Yeah. It, even though he switches the, it up. It's not uncommon though to start on the rack mm-hmm. with um, with heavy squats. Right. Singles. Um, and then, oh, singles? Yeah. And then progress from there to uh, a press of some sort. And then th- sometimes there's variations on it. Like uh, sometimes we'll do the uh, the yoke squats on the plate with their feet very close together. Mm-hmm. So it's a version of a sissy he likes squat. That. Is that a hack squat? Machine? Yeah, it's it's a yeah. It's a, you have the yoke that comes over your right. over your traps. Those are extremely challenging. You don't need a lot of weight uh, to get that done. And then um, some sort of variation on an extension and a, and a curl. So like yeah. maybe like four exercises or so. Maybe. Yeah, usually it's not it's not anything like it's not it's, it, there's high volume. Yeah, I've not noticed, a high uh, number of different exercises. I notice that every time we do anything, yeah. it's like the first exercise, like ten sets of it. Yeah, everybody just goes yeah. and goes and goes. It never ends. And then oh, because he warms up a lot. Yeah, yeah, and those singles are are part of the warm up. Like that's one of the yeah, things. Yeah, that's I've, okay. It's fun. I've, I like. I've it. really I learned from never him. Know how many we're gonna is, do. Those oftentimes what you're doing is you're really you're just loading your nervous system, right, and preparing it for the the subsequent um, exercises. Charles That's Poliquin. a powerlifting technique too. Yeah, Charles yeah. Poliquin yeah. told us that, and Charles Poliquin a long time ago just said, always warm up with the bar. It just shows you what the pathway of the bar. It's always going to give you a neurological yeah. response. So I've just always done that. I've never yeah. not warmed up with the bar. People always make fun of me too because I grab the bar, I warm up with it. Mm. I, I don't know. It's just what I've always done. Yeah. Yeah, and Poliquin was the one to point out, and I don't know if the research has changed, and Charlie Francis was another one to point out the fact that uh, when you had a lot of blood, uh, let's say, in your chest from doing, like, bench press, if you do a lot of reps on your way up, if you do 135 for 10 and 185 for 10 and 225 for 6, and then you do go to do 275 for a few sets of 3, he said that's oftentimes where they saw the most amount of pec tears, the most amount of labral tears and tears in the, uh, the rotator cuff and all kinds of things. Labor, man. So basically it was, uh, and then they basically t- started to incorporate a lot of powerlifting stuff where it's mm-hmm. just like, it's really not any reason to do like more than one to three reps and uh, do multiple yeah. sets of that. And also too, it's, it's a good gauge to see... It's a it's a warm up, yeah, and it's a tune up for the workout. You know, you're really that's what you're trying to do is yeah, you are trying to get your body warm, um, but there's many different ways you can get your body warm. But it's really when you're talking about actually doing the exercise that you're going to engage in for the actual day, because we'll warm up the elbows, and that's right. more of an actual warm up where you're we're doing all these other exercises for the elbow, but it's more of like a tune up, mm-hmm. like all right, central nervous system, here we go. This is what yeah. we're doing today. This is the movement. And you get on board with that movement, and then you're able to stack on more weight as you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, peeps. Let's do it. On that note, let's go eat some ice cream time. Strength (laughs) is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. See y'all later. Keep it cheap.